0: Welcome to the re release project of the Keeping Things Alive podcast, which is the republication of episodes that were originally recorded and published between 2016 and 2020 out of Western New York. My name is Laura Evans. I am a former environmental lawyer, planner, and nonprofit staffer. I also wrote a book called Silent Seasons Chasing Sustainability Through the Law. The Keeping Things Alive podcast is here to explore the opportunities and challenges as we all live together on this beautiful, living, and interconnected planet Earth. Hello, this is my first episode that does not focus on climate justice or environmental activism. Instead, it's an interview about how I um, maintain my health and receive healthcare outside of the giant U.S. healthcare system system. I do have health insurance through my job, and I do have a regular Western doctor. And currently, I'm going to a foot specialist, so I'm not opposed to U.S. healthcare at all. But I use community acupuncture in addition to um, the healthcare that I receive through my insurance. So this Keeping Things Alive interview is with Craig Labati. He's an acupuncturist and co-owner of Buffalo Alternative Therapies, and his uh, community acupuncture clinic is a part of a bigger organization called POCA, the People's Organization of Community Acupuncture. Craig owns Buffalo Alternative Therapies with his wife, Nellie Fabian, and she is a massage therapist, so their work complements each other in a lot of ways. Now, today is May 5th, 2017, and yesterday, May 4th, which is the day I conducted this interview, the U.S. Congress, and I have to do a post-production correction, that would be the U.S. House of Representatives, voted to repeal the Affordable Care Act, and it is not a law at this point, because the Senate has not voted, and you know maybe it will not happen, but. It's still a very cruel bill, and it puts over 24 million Americans at risk of losing their health insurance. So this is a scary time, and I think that you know just as a wonderful um, as a wonderful coincidence, and I'm just really glad that this interview happened the day that it did because I think it provides some hope for people who you know, might be at risk of losing their health insurance. They don't know how to feel better. Maybe they do have health insurance, but nothing is working. It's, you know, you're treating symptoms and not causes. I... I will get into it in the interview, but acupuncture has been a part of my life since 2013 when I was suffering from horrible allergies. I was tired and just wanted to sleep all the time. I hated going to work. I was very sluggish. And this is a common thing in Austin, Texas, actually. Um, And so I found a community acupuncture clinic in Austin. And a few months later, I was able to Completely uh, eliminate my allergy symptoms, and you know, weather would change. It would be really rainy. Mold would come up. I would feel, you know, the the symptoms again. I would go to acupuncture, get them relieved, and then I would go about my life. So I was really grateful to, and just so thankful that Buffalo also has this opportunity here. It's completely outside of the U.S. healthcare system. You pay what you can afford from 15 to $40 every session, and it's just this amazing way to help your body heal itself, and I feel real relief after I go, whether it is for allergies or boosting my immune system. The biggest thing for me, actually, especially since the election, has been a, just the best stress management tool that I have ever found. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Craig Labotti. All right. Hi, Craig. Hello. Nice to see you here. Um, we're going to get right into it. And I'm going to ask you the first question of when people ask you what you do, how do you answer them?
1: Um, I basically just tell people that I'm an acupuncturist.
0: Okay. And then what's, I'm sure the follow-up question is, what is acupuncture? Mm. Does so, it hurt? Yeah. Does yeah. it hurt? Right. Um, so how, I mean, take a, take a couple of minutes to explain it, but how do you explain acupuncture to people that ask? Friends, family, people you run into? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. The more I practice, the harder it is to answer that. I think, uh-huh. but for the most part, I think um, acupuncture is a good way to de-stress people. Okay. Um, and I think the more we learn, the more stress affects our daily lives, which affects our health. So if we can de-stress people in a certain way or in any way, I think it'll help increase a person's potential for health.
0: Okay. I yeah. Well, I have experienced that personally. So that's definitely true. Um I guess for me with my background is that I I started going to acupuncture in Austin because mm-hmm. I had developed this terrible mold allergy that was affecting my sinuses and it was going crazy. And I also did have some anxiety too that oh, was that was a secondary concern, but um after a couple of months it my allergy issues went away and I was amazed. And so I, um, so how does this work? Um, I, oh, i read a book or I tried to read a book called The Spark in the Machine, which was explaining acupuncture for like lay people. And I still don't get it, um, but <laughs> why the needles and like, what are they doing?
1: Yeah, um, okay, so there are two There's are Eastern school of thought, which um, as acupuncture was developed and described as a couple thousand years old, everything was very poetic, and they described your body as a river. So all the meridians have chi flowing through them, this mysterious life force, Um, and sort of the way things get blocked up like a river, and acupuncture helps smooth the flow of that. In Western terms, it definitely increases blood flow to the area, decreases inflammation, and it can, acupuncture points line up pretty well along fascial trains.
0: That's what I remember learning about. That was the one that did make sense to me. Yeah. Can you explain what fascia is? So fascia
1: is a type of tissue that surrounds muscles and organs, Mm -hmm. and um, there are these long trains of them. Um, So you have some that go from the back of your head to the bottom of your heel. And if anything gets sort of tight or bound up anywhere along there, you can have pain at different points. Um, Yoga, stretches, actually, poses, they have a good way of opening up fascial trains as well as muscles, um, which is why it can help for so many different things.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that, especially yin yoga, where you like hold it for a long time and it gets into your fascia. Things relax. Yeah, Yeah, yeah okay that ma- that makes sense to me um so what are the most common complaints that people come in to see you for um back pain
1: neck <laughs> pain um stress sleep headaches uh-huh gi issues um
0: and how long does it take before they see an effect? Because <laughs> I, I, for allergies, it took a while, but yeah. for anxiety, it, ha- it was almost instant. You, so,
1: so that's um, that's sort of the, the hard issue with people. And some people respond really quickly. Some issues respond really quickly. Like if people come in with a headache, you may leave feeling great. Um, more chronic things, Crohn's disease, things like that. It does take a while, especially if someone comes in in the midst of a flare mm-hmm. where it can... There are so many outside factors between diet, stress, sleep that are affecting things that it can take a few weeks to a couple of months to really calm things down.
0: Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. All right. I want to, I guess, okay, as we're on this general topic about acupuncture, how do you explain how it works with Western medicine? Like, does oh. it contradict? Does it complement? Like, how how can you use, because I use both at the same yeah. time. Right now I'm dealing with a foot injury that I'm mm-hmm. seeing a foot doctor for, an orthopedic place, but I'm also seeing you. So how does that how do they complement or conflict? It,
1: and I think with most cases it directly complements each other. Um western medicine is wonderful especially with things that are structurally an issue. Um you know, if you get in a car accident, break a bone, things like that. You, the Western medicine model is wonderful. And if you need emergent surgery, like, yeah, this is a place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paying for it, yeah, it might be different, but this right. is a place to be. Um, acupuncture is really good for things that are well, well that Western medicine has more of a difficult time understanding right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Things that are more complex diseases, fibromyalgia, things that we don't quite understand yet, but we know that there's definitely lifestyle components as well as potential genetic effects to them. Um, So a lot of times I get people where doctors tell them they can't really help them anymore Mm -hmm. um, or they're really frustrated with the Western medical system because it's, they're being prescribed other drugs that are not helping the issues. Right. So they'll come in more as a last resort than anything else.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Um, is there, are there times where like certain drugs that people are taking that they don't work with acupuncture? Or is it always, uh, is it usually okay to do acupuncture?
1: Oh yeah. It's almost always okay. Um, some of the, some of the things I tend to watch out for are people that are coming in post-cancer that maybe have lymphedema Okay. have to be a little more careful with the affected limbs. Um, if someone's on um, blood thinners like Coumadin, Warfarin, things like that, um, they're more likely to bruise and it, you tend not to do any deep needling, which I don't do as a practice anyways.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. You mentioned needles. mm mm-hmm. I have a phobia of needles. Actually, I have to lay down when I get shots Um, So I'm already laying down getting acupuncture luckily, but it's taken I used to just like break out into sweats Um, What how do you? um, Approach people who are afraid of needles or ask you if it will hurt.
1: Yeah, um I'm pretty sensitive to needles myself. Uh, I don't mind being needled, but I I don't like the pain that can be associated with needles. There, there are different types. You can have really heavy styles and really light styles of needling, um, to elicit a response from like people. Like
0: thickness or depth? Um, or which?
1: Thickness, depth, and the amount of manipulation that you use with the needle ah. so that you can have the tissue sort of grab the needle. Um, yeah. you may have seen on TV where people twirl the needles Yeah. and I that know. it, it can be really strong for people. Um, My personal style is to really just let the body self-regulate and not do a lot of excess sort of manipulation of the needles Okay, I Your body knows a lot better than I do what to do Mm -hmm. So it's sort of more like I feel like I'm helping the body rather than pushing the body. That makes sense Um,
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's good. All right. We will go Back in time now or more towards you. Um, where did you grow up?
1: (laughs) I grew up um, on the south shore of Boston Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, from a little working class town called Weymouth.
0: All right. How long did you live there?
1: Uh, until I graduated high school, and then I took off.
0: Okay. How? What's the trajectory of making uh, your way to Buffalo?
1: Um, okay. So I went to school, to undergrad school in Western Mass, where I met my wife, uh, and she was going to PT, PT school in Boston. And mm-hmm. with my degree, Boston was a good place to work. Uh, So I went and worked for... What was your degree? My undergrad is in biochemistry. Ah, okay. And this was in the late 90s. Uh, It was a great time in biotech. And uh, I was able to work on some pretty interesting projects at the time. And so I did that for about 10 years until I was bored out of my mind.
0: (laughs) What kind... Were you doing research? Yeah. Okay.
1: Genetics research. Large Ah. population study research.
0: Okay. Uh... What did you take away from what you learned?
1: That statistics can make anything look good. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, and the sad state of research is there is a lot less novel research happening in science right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this could have been a snapshot of public health at the time Mm -hmm. in the late 90s, early 2000. But I was at the Harvard School of Public Health when there was a sort of a reckoning moment for a lot of postdocs. Okay, where the school had said you have to justify all your research or you have to leave right now And there were people that were continually doing postdocs five six years. There were no tenure-track positions at the time for people And a lot of people were just continuing research that maybe wasn't that novel, but could get funded
0: Okay, who would fund your research or Um, the research that was going on around you? A
1: lot of the funding we got was the uh, health professional study
0: uh-huh,
1: and um, so it's a cohort of, I think about thirty thousand health professionals they've been following for about thirty years. Mm. So they get um, blood samples every couple of years, they do a questionnaire every couple of years, and they've tracked sort of diet, health history, stress levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they were trying to dig down at a level for genetics for polymorphisms. And that was still the rage at the time before they had the power to do these whole genome scans really quickly. Okay. So that was sort of where science was at the time.
0: So I have very little experience with science, scientific research, but I did work in an entomology mosquito lab in college, and I was extracting DNA from oh, nice. hundreds of mosquitoes. It was so tedious. Yeah. I, I knew it was kind of important, for, but I it was... Mm-hmm. really boring were you doing that kind of like lab yeah i
1: was in the lab okay. yeah i was okay um doing a lot of the experiments uh, working with some of the postdocs
0: mm-hmm. helping
1: them with their research
0: okay yeah that's cool yeah. so what happened next and also um so you met your wife she was doing pt school but yep. i will get into this more later but you both, uh, own Buffalo alternative therapies together. Mm -hmm. And so she does massage therapy Mm -hmm. and you're doing acupuncture. So I guess I'm curious about how that evolved too. Okay. Yeah. Um, So
1: that is, uh, if we back up a little bit, um, one of my best friends from college, he went to massage school and then started working with professional cycling teams. And mm -hmm. I had bike raced since I was basically in high school. And so um, he was back sort of on tour with the team and uh, broke his hand before a big race. And my wife was in PT school and he said, you need to fill in for me because I can't do this Um, because I broke my finger fooling around. (laughs) And so she went and worked with the team. They really liked it. And they said, would you come work with us? Mm. Um, And she had that summer off from clinicals in PT school. And so she did a bunch of like five week stints with them and she's really good at that she's really good at helping people sort of get the most out of themselves Mm -hmm. and um has a way of working with people that they're just sort of in a good place and so they won every race for about two years that she worked which was kind of unheard of at the time that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, she has every race she's worked. I think they've at least been on the podium. Okay. Uh, so while she was doing that, one of the goals was I was stuck in Boston because of my job. Mm-hmm. And as I was really getting tired of research, I was looking at other things to do. And for some reason I started thinking about acupuncture for school
0: yeah where did that come from do you remember like an an instance that that happened or was it a slow build it was
1: definitely a slow build we had a friend that was in school and she had been talking about it but hadn't had a lot of exposure to it and then i had had a couple of crashes um while i was racing and um, a concussion and the acupuncture like helped me recover really quickly oh wow so that was kind of like oh Maybe this is kind of fun, and I won't be stuck in Boston. We can go anywhere with this. Yeah. Um, so I thought about it for about a year and then decided it was probably the right thing to do at that point.
0: So where did you go to school, and how long was the program? So acupuncture in the U.S.
1: <laughs> is a three-year master's program.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I went to school in uh, Watertown, Mass. This is a place called New England School of Acupuncture, which has just recently been purchased by, uh, what is it, the Mass Pharmac- College of Pharmacy? Okay, and so they're sort of gobbling up smaller schools Ah. in the nice for-profit model. Got it Um, But yeah, it was three years pretty intense because they're sort of did trimesters. So we had about six weeks off a year Mm -hmm. Um, But it was fun.
0: Yeah How long ago was that?
1: I graduated in 2009.
0: Okay, that was a long time ago and so then, well, yeah, I guess it is turning into a long time yeah. ago, right? It's 2017. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Um, got it. So, and you're still in Massachusetts, and where was your, was your wife traveling with the <sighs> racing teams? At, at
1: that point, um, she had stopped, she had stopped for a couple of years, and then when we got to Buffalo, she did some more races with other teams once we were here. Um but at that point, she had a really stable pro- uh, practice in Cambridge, Mass. Okay. So,
0: so why Buffalo, then?
1: She's from here, and ah, okay. she has family here. Her mom is getting older, so we sort of came back. It was a good time. If we're going to move, mm-hmm. be able to do it before both our practices are unable to move.
0: Right. Okay, so now I, I want to talk about Buffalo alternative therapies. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. For me, I I was going to the... Neighborhood acupuncture project in Austin. It's called NAP, which yep. I like. Um, and then I moved back here, and about four months into it, my allergies came back. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting with my friend Sarah Sourcey, the herbalist, and complaining about not having acupuncture. And she was like, Well, and not being able to afford it. Um, And she was like, well, did you check and see if there was a clinic here? And I, so I immediately went online and I I found you. Um, So if you can explain to me the, um, yeah, how did you come up with Buffalo Alternative Therapies? Explain what it is, how it works. I can, I obviously am familiar now too, but um, yeah, I'm curious about the clinic aspect of it and how you came to decide to do that with your Um, wife too.
1: Yeah. And so Buffalo Turner therapies is a community acupuncture practice, which means that um, I can treat several people in an hour. It's in an open room. And that allows me to still make a living wage and keep the cost of treatment down. Mm -hmm. So it, most community acupuncture places charge, Anywhere from 15 to $40 per session. Um, some places have a paperwork fee, some do not. Some, depending on the city, might be a little higher. It might be $25. But the real goal is to lower the barriers for access for people. Mm-hmm. Um, how I got into it, I, when I graduated acupuncture school, I realized I couldn't afford to get treated myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I looked at the demographics of Buffalo, there was... I could have a vibrant practice here charging 70 80 an hour but i would only see a certain type of person mm-hmm. and i don't feel like the people that really need care um are those people
0: right okay and so to go into the open room thing when i first signed up for it i didn't know what that was going to look like but um i mean it's a it's a bunch of reclining chairs and so yeah you're still in your same you wear like loose clothes Mm -hmm. and then yeah and i guess i do have a question about that Mm -hmm. i mean i've this is actually one time i did get acupuncture where i was like laying on a table but um all the other times have just been you know arms and legs face um is that detracting from acupuncture or like am i missing points yeah it depends on who you ask Okay. Um...
1: (laughs) For a lot of acupuncturists, we're considered the McDonald's of acupuncture. Okay. Um, We're lowering the standards of the profession for many people.
0: Mm, I see. Mm -hmm.
1: So basically, acupuncture is almost like martial arts in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. There are all these little mini schools of thought Mm -hmm. that people have their own special points and their own way of teaching it. Okay. And sometimes that gets passed on and sometimes it really gets hoarded like like martial arts schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you can do all these, what are considered microsystems in the body, and you can treat the whole body using the hand, or you can treat the whole body using the foot. Okay. Um, and there are all these different mirrors of how the body is projected onto another body part. And part of the people... So... so community acupuncture, it really goes, I mean, it's standardly practiced in China where people go into a room, they sort of fight for a chair or a table or any space they can and they get treated. And in the U S the people that brought it acupuncture to the U S were Western doctors and they wanted it to be the model that they were used to getting paid, which is the insurance covers it. They can charge however much they want. And that became the typical model. Now, if the history of community acupuncture goes way back to the Young Lords and the Black Panthers, and they were doing it in the communities in New York City in the early 70s, and it was not licensed, it was not (laughs) approved, but it was helping the community. Right. Um, So the community acupuncture model is seen more as uh, I mean, when we're called the McDonald's troublemakers, we, uh, we just don't think that it's rocket science. It doesn't have to be, we're not doing surgery. Right. Um, there is a standard of knowledge that needs to be met. Um, but it is more like a service industry than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, a. um a bunch of community acupuncturists started a a network. They called it the community acupuncture network where they share the knowledge and it was more open source than other types of acupuncture. And a lot of people grew into making that a model that was expandable for people. Mm -hmm. And that is part of how I found out about it and how I got interested in it was that people were, Hey, willing to share, this is what works. This is what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. These are the problems I've run into. Um, And this is how people feel comfortable in this setting. Yeah. And from that, the model grew to, there's, I think, about 300 clinics now in the U.S. Wow. And then the problem became that we can't actually staff the clinics Mm. because it takes a certain personality and comfort level to treat a bunch of people in an hour. Yeah. Um, And acupuncture school doesn't teach you that. Mm Mm-hmm. So acupuncture school teaches you to take 25 minutes to 35 minutes, sometimes more, to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you treat that one person and then you roll into the next person. Um, it's not a very efficient model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the community acupuncture network has turned into a, it's morphed into a multi-stakeholder cooperative. Nice. And they have started a school on the West Coast. And there's a school on the East Coast that's about to start up, too. Um, nice. And the first cohort is graduating, I think, this year. That's great. So, yeah. So it's from the start teaching people about, A, what the barriers are for most people in acupuncture mm-hmm. and how to actually treat people in this setting Yeah. so that more clinics can get staffed and more, more clinics can happen.
0: That makes sense. So where can people find out more information about community acupuncture clinics?
1: Uh, com. Okay, sounds so good. So it's a People's Organization of Community Acupuncture.
0: Are you the only clinic in this area, or are there others? Nope,
1: um, there is Rochester, okay. uh, Ithaca, and then Guelph, and Toronto. So there are a few within, I mean, for Western New York.
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty a good. Hour's Do you drive. all know each other and communicate?
1: Yeah, actually... Um, like i said it's one of those weird open it's a type of um the conferences feel more like camp Mm -hmm. and they actually are usually at camps (laughs) Uh, but it's this like great sort of weird get together where people are completely sharing supportive and um it's fun which is not the model for acupuncture right, so it, right. it's a lot more fun
0: how many people go to these conferences
1: uh, they just had one in florida last weekend and um there's usually about 100 to 200 people
0: did you go to that one i did not oh no. you didn't yeah. okay so do you try to make it like every couple of years yeah
1: um i usually try to go at least once a year um sometimes twice depending on ceu needs that i have and you know how much time i can get off from the okay. clinic cool
0: so how did you and your wife decide to join forces and create this clinic
1: um part of the goal when i entered acupuncture school was that we would well at the time she had thought she was going to go to acupuncture school as well Uh and then um based on when we took classes before And I just said, like, give it a year because otherwise I won't study. I'll just look at your notes. Uh (laughs) Um, And then acupuncture school has a way of, like, ruining relationships. It's stressful enough. Mm. And so she was like, after the first year, she's like, maybe I'll just wait a couple more years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I graduated, we moved here. So um, there's still the thought that she may go to a polka school. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea was that we would work together in some form, either her massage practice and then my acupuncture practice and sometimes we share clients where they'll see one of us before the other and sort of have a spa day in a way. Yeah.
0: Right. Um
1: <laughs> but if someone has a chronic injury, it can be really helpful to integrate the two.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, is there um is there an order? Does it just depend on the person? It really does depend oh, okay. on the person.
1: Some people like to sit after a massage and get acupuncture. Uh-huh. Um, some people find um acupuncture has a way of taking off muscle tension so if they get it before the massage my wife has found that she can sort of get to more therapeutic work quicker rather Mm. than having to go through those extra layers of like really tight tissue
0: that makes sense um
1: but yeah and some people their bladder doesn't like them to sit so they have to
0: do one of I can relate yeah okay that makes sense um so do you have one or two, a couple, I don't, it doesn't matter, but do you have a, your favorite acupuncture story, either that you personally experienced at the clinic, or, I don't know, is uh, there any sort of, like, polka legends out there?
1: there? There are some really, like, there's nothing that surprises me anymore. There's, <laughs> um, there have been a couple of, like, medical emergencies where I've been like, holy crap, I need to, like, just be really calm here. Mm. Um, And that's like legend because you know the person lived alone if they didn't if it had happened at home they probably would have passed away so luckily it happened when there was someone around that could get help Um, yeah for sure and then there's stories of a friend of ours their three year old wasn't sleeping and they came into the clinic and I didn't have to do anything they just started yawning and falling asleep in the clinic (laughs) (laughs) and it was like well it wasn't the acupuncture they're just actually relaxed now
0: right right Um, that's really interesting yeah
1: and then there were people that fall asleep for like three or four hours and then their spouses call and like where are they I'm worried about them
0: <laughs> yeah I really lose track of time mm-hmm. like I can't tell if it's been 30 minutes or two hours
1: it's a good and, thing
0: yeah yeah that's true <laughs>
1: yeah but yeah it does um, Is it, there's a time warp that happens mm-hmm. part of it's because it's dark part of it's the music and it's quiet and uh, there are no screens mm-hmm. so people can't really distract themselves which is nice
0: yeah to me have you seen the movie inception Mm -hmm. yeah it reminds me of that like we're all like like hooked up to the same dream or something like that it's just it's funny but i i I don't know i i like it and it it totally it works for me um i've i've thought about you know going through my insurance and finding something else but this is just really easy you know signing up online and (laughs) going and and i i do i pretty much always feel better so it's been really good um yeah another thing i like to do is go to acupuncture like before a flight oh (laughs) Uh, so yeah yeah that's been really helpful because flying just messes with my immune system and Mm -hmm. gets me totally out of whack so either before or after or both um And I get a lot of people that
1: that come back from longer trips where they have some jet lag and they come in pretty quickly Because it has a good way of resetting. Yeah Um, whether it's your brain or circadian rhythm, it's hard to say Mm -hmm.
0: How often do you get acupuncture and who do you do it to yourself? (laughs) Well, right now. Yeah,
1: um most of the conferences I get treated just because Uh. it's They always have a clinic on site where someone's whoever's walking by basically needles other people (laughs) Um, you just, like, carry them in your pocket? Yeah, you know, actually, okay. usually I do. Uh, <laughs> okay. And then um, I treat myself because it's, I don't have enough time to get to Rochester recently. Um, uh, I'd really like to go get treated. Um, but if I have something going on, I'll just, while I'm checking my email or something, I'll throw a few needles in. and um, So it's more of an acute symptomatic treatment than, like, an overall, like, mm-hmm. relax, forget about it. yeah. Um, yeah
0: that makes sense. that's harder
1: to do and i found that sometimes when i'm in other people's clinics i actually have a hard time turning off sort of the clinic brain and like not worrying about other people uh-huh. um so it's it's been harder to get treated the last year or two where i can't actually relax and fall asleep whereas before i would be out within about 30 seconds
0: okay Interesting. Yeah, I guess it does depend for me on, like, how much stress I have and how long it takes me to... I can't say I go to sleep. I just go somewhere else. I I don't know what it is. Yeah, and that's
1: how people describe it, where people, they don't feel like they're asleep, but they don't feel like they're awake or they can really move. They Mm -hmm. just feel really heavy and sometimes floaty. And some people have, you know, said they had out-of-body experiences and, like really weird dreams and that's why like i just try to tell people as long as it doesn't make you anxious it's probably a good thing
0: yeah so behind you i've got this painting of a hummingbird with like purple and green that's my like attempt at <laughs> at showing what i see i see purple and green and black so oh cool i don't know what that means but it works for me and it's pretty consistent oh so. neat
1: yeah yeah I've always wanted to put a blog on the website where people can actually write what they've experienced because what people have told me is just so out there in some ways that it's there is a shared experience that happens and there is it's this weird feeling when you come into a like a full treatment room and most people are somewhere kind of zonked out that it does feel heavy at times Mm -hmm. and it feels like you're kind of walking through molasses yeah um and it's always fun when people come in, and it's full, and they wake up, and it's full, but it's all different people, and they look around, and it freaks them out a little bit because they were like, I heard people moving around, but I didn't feel like it's like a whole different crowd of people.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Um, that is for sure. Um, so... I guess within Buffalo, are there other businesses or organizations that you work with or refer people to? Like, do you feel like you're like an anomaly in Buffalo or are there other people doing work? And this is kind of a selfish question because I'm curious We refer,
1: there are definitely some chiropractors. Um, We sort of have a list of doctors that have done well by people and people to avoid. Uh Um, through experiences where people have had really sort of bad service. Yeah, yeah. Um, And we try to, there are definitely a few people that have referred back and forth and sort of um, understand how we treat people. So that works out well. So we sort of got to, if people need sort of more vigorous chiropractic or something like that, we can refer to one person versus someone that it may feel like it might be too stimulating for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for me personally I, I have not done well with uh, a chiropractor, but that's just I know a lot of people mm-hmm. do, but for whatever reason, acupuncture has been, for me, a lot better, but I know they're different and they could complement each other. Yeah, they
1: definitely can. Um, and in terms of other acupuncturists, there are other people I refer to, for sure. Um, some people really prefer a private setting and happy to do that Mm -hmm. um i just i don't feel like practicing that way anymore i really enjoy the the way people interact with each other um you know it's it's the funniest thing in buffalo is known as a really small city but people come in and be like hey i haven't seen you since high school and it's (laughs) like it really does show how connected we are too yeah
0: yeah I, i like that um one more question about the clinic there is one table where people lay down. Mm-hmm. How do they get that table? Um,
1: it actually, they can be a brawl. Um, there are people that, I have that for for people that I can't, so the other, we talked about acupuncture on the hands and feet. It's considered distal acupuncture because it's distal to the core. mm mm-hmm. um, if that is not working for some people and I really need to actually needle their back or something like that, I'll have them up mm. on the table. Some people really just like the table. Okay. And um, there are times when people get upset that the table is not available. <laughs> um, there are a couple, of, there's a clinic in Vermont that they have like seven or eight tables, mm. um, which does make sense from a sort of ergonomic point of view where the practitioner doesn't have to bend over as much. Mm. But there's something really nice about having a recliner that looks like your living room that you feel comfortable in.
0: Yeah. And a plug for your place, you do have heated recliners, which is really important for me. Yeah, and for Buffalo. (laughs) And And, for Buffalo. And that
1: is is my wife's brilliance, not mine. Okay, yeah.
0: That was a good call because I... Yeah. I mean, I didn't have that in Austin, obviously, um, but it really does. Even it in the different. summer. Yeah, it, it is. Makes not a bad, yeah. So thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So, what are your favorite things to do, or what are your interests, passions outside of the acupuncture clinic? What do you like to do here in Buffalo?
1: Um, we don't get out enough for art shows, but we have enough artist friends that we really love to see their work and sort of be part of that community a little bit um i'm still involved in cycling a little bit so lots of bike riding with friends on the weekends um we have an elderly dog so there's lots of dog walking and um we're in the midst of a rehab project in our house both the inside and the outside so Are we're you
0: doing that all yourself or how do you how do you know what to do
1: Uh, We have a friend that's an architect that's really brilliant, Okay. and so we paid him to design the house, and um, his goals are basically sustainability, so we bought an old house that's been around for about 150 years, and we're trying to keep it there for another 100 years.
0: Have Um, there been issues with, um, this is the environmental part of me like with lead or toxics or uh, something like that well we Asbestos.
1: no it's an old brick place that was actually um built as a stable oh and um i mean there was lots of old dust and mm-hmm. but the majority of it is uh well we've gutted it at this point and we're slowly <laughs> building it back putting
0: up it back together yeah okay mm-hmm.
1: nice in terms of the yard um it, the soil is really heavy clay, oh. but we are, basically, we're across the street from the mentholatum mm-hmm. rehab that's happening, um, and while we are across the street and a little bit higher, um, I'm sure the soil's pretty tainted because that whole area was very industrial.
0: okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, um, there's two different ways I want to go here. I, I'm not going to do it as my last question because okay. I want to I talk about what happened today in... Our lovely political system but we'll go with the last question now because um, okay. maybe it relates uh, but where do you experience a world um in yourself and and or society that is dying and then the flip side of that where do you experience a world that's being born and feel free to take as much time yeah as you uh,
1: want. dying um and it's a little trite but the sort of uh, the the privilege that a lot of us have grown up with is uh sort of being shown how that's been an advantage and how things are changing as we become more connected Mm -hmm. i think um definitely moving to buffalo from boston was a real eye-opener for us we
0: what are some of the differences uh, uh
1: So we went from a neighborhood where most people had upper graduate degrees, uh, were making six figures, to um, a neighborhood where most people are making under $15,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And to see what that does to people's health is amazing. I mean, I read about it, talked about it, but to see it really happen and to see people where they're being stuck they were being held down from whatever and it's not that people don't want to work hard because when you talk to them they're working pretty hard yeah um it's just circumstances it's kind of crap luck
0: right yeah um so do you think that so you think our our privilege is is dying
1: i i think it yeah i think it's sort of being cracked away at Mm -hmm. um And I think that it's starting to come to pieces. And with that, there is sort of a rebirth that's happening of people that are more aware of what's happening around them. And, you know, just sort of if you look at how we're progressing as people, it's um, we're becoming much smarter in some ways. And then other things are much more limited. There's not a lot of innovation happening
0: right now. Right. Uh, what ways do you think we're getting smarter, and then which ways are we um, <laughs> are we regressing? Well, I, I think
1: I think more people are aware that sort of they're being advertised to. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and that um, maybe the nightly news doesn't have their best interest at heart. Um, but I think because of that, there are more people with social media. There's there's more happening where more people are actually using their free time to dig into things and to sort of turn into investigative journalism or um detective work per se yeah
0: that makes sense um yeah i had a friend in austin who worked for a news organization and that was when i realized that you know their job was actually um kind of creating fear in a way or like how do we spin this to be the scariest and to hear that from someone who is actually working on the inside I was I mean I guess I now that I look at it I'm like oh my gosh yes of course and I I don't watch the nightly news anymore mm-hmm. but at the same time I I'm not informed about local events in the way that I remember growing up and you know, it would be on either during or after dinner. And mm-hmm. I, I think I knew more about what was going on as a kid than I do now, but I, I still get enough from social media to kind of understand Stand. if the sky is completely falling. Um,
1: and depending on who you talk to, it always is.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess being born would be more of the connection and just learning for yourself. And people,
1: um, I mean, getting into what happened today, but I think people are going to have to take more of an active role in their healthcare from right. now on, whether yes. that's fighting for it um, or yeah. learning about it. it Something is going to have to change.
0: Yeah. So, can. Can you explain? So today is May fourth, two thousand seventeen. Yes, and the and, House repealed
1: yeah, um, the ACA. Yeah, the so, Affordable Care Correct.
0: Act. So it's not, you know, it's not officially re- repealed because the Senate would need to vote for also it. vote for that same bill, um, and there is going to be a lot more back and forth. But they the house of representatives did mm-hmm. get something passed that is devastating to millions <laughs> of americans. So what is your perspective on on that and do you have like clients that you personally can think of that are going to be affected by this?
1: Oh yeah, I would probably say um, depending on how this goes and what's considered a pre-existing condition for people and lifetime limits, but there's probably a good 30 to 40% of my patients clientele that are going to lose their health care right and they've been well i i guess i have a little bit of a different perspective because i am from boston so we were there when it was romney care mm. when massachusetts mandated care yeah and premiums did go up and the coverage was pretty poor um and a lot of this as the pool got bigger with the american care act affordable care act um There was, when you looked at the data, um, we're in a sort of niche of, in New York, we have a bunch of providers, and so we're not having the problems that other states are. We're because of sort of a sicker population that more insurers were pulling out. And so we're getting to the point where we have an aging population that is technically sicker, and we're just kind of throwing them to the wind.
0: Are they sicker because they're older, or is it the environmental conditions that we live in? Or I mean, it's, I know that's yeah, a big question. <laughs> it's it's a little loaded. Um, it is. It's loaded. both. Yeah, it's both. Right.
1: It's it's our it's our daily choices for food. Mm-hmm. It's our stress levels. It's lack of sleep. It's all these things that they tell you is good for you, but who has time to do because they have to actually pay the bills? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just years of people working really hard and having. You know their body break down, mm-hmm. and some of that is environmental. There are lots of people that have worked years and jobs that have made them sick. Um, people that have served in the military that are really sick, first responders that are sick, um, the coal miners that don't have health care. These people that we keep sort of marginalizing.
0: Yeah. Um, how so? How do you live your life um, in light of? knowing how much lifestyle and food affects uh some days better than others Uh um
1: I have a schedule that allows me to sleep as much as I need to which Mm -hmm. is nice because I usually start my shifts later in the day um and for me sleep is a big thing if I'm not getting sleep I start to get stressed pretty quickly um but other than that I've tried to avoid doctors they um haven't always helped me and for Mm -hmm. a lot of times um if something is bothering me my wife or i can fix it ourselves yeah um which has been good there's going to come a point where i need to go see a doctor i mean i've had enough concussions where i know what the symptoms are now yeah um and it's one of those few things that uh, brain injuries doctors know you have them they don't really know how to help you with them
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah, what is your, I, I actually know two people personally right now that have gotten concussions in the past two weeks, so what mm-hmm. what what are what do you do when you get a concussion? Um,
1: I end up telling people the same things over and over and over, kind of like I'm drunk. Yeah. And that's usually yeah. the, and I realize it's happened enough that I have begun to realize that if people are looking at me funny and I'm asking the same questions and I can't remember what day it is, I probably have a concussion.
0: Right. So what do you do next?
1: Um, Now I would actually do things differently. I would avoid sort of lots of stimulation. Mm -hmm. Um, The last couple I've had, I didn't. I was still on the computer, still watching TV, going out, like hanging out with people, listening to music. Um, And that does slow down recovery. Okay. Uh, So I would – it's kind of like that – when people have a migraine and they just want to sit in a dark room and sleep that's one of the best things for you Mm -hmm. but yeah you have to go to work and you have to
0: right yeah i know that that makes sense Mm -hmm. um yeah well yeah is there i don't know any any more thoughts on the affordable care act and repealing and will you act differently? Like, will you, how will you talk to people about this? I mean, I know it hasn't happened yet and I really hope that nothing passes, but it does seem like there's like rounds and rounds of trying. So
1: the last six months, even the, whether people are conservative or liberal, um, the anxiety level in the Buffalo area is more at, it's ratcheting up. mm -hmm. And so I've seen more people, no matter what they believe or um how they feel politically where they're having a harder time dealing with the stress and i'm not sure if that's the news that people are being inundated with or it is things like they're going to take my health care away mm-hmm. um so i'm still going to be there <laughs> <laughs> right just yeah. trying to joke with people and make people relax yeah and feel a little better
0: right Well, thank you for your work. I I really like it. Thank you for coming in. and (laughs) Yeah, um, I'll keep coming back. Uh, Yeah, thanks. This has been great. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. So thank Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for listening to the Keeping Things Alive podcast. My name is Laura Evans, and if you would like more information about me, this podcast, and other work that I care about, please visit www.keepingthingsalive.org.